Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is May 6, 2019. We're already done with a week as of tomorrow. It's so crazy. And it's raining, not yet, but going to rain today in Southern California. So as much as it's been an atypical year all year, it still is. And it's kind of cool that we have a rainy day this late in the year, or at least in the season. So very, very cool. But today's topic. I couldn't wait to do this show, and I don't even know why, because I wasn't really able to prepare myself. Every time I sit down, it's almost just like, wait until you do the show. But what is separating energies, and how does that rewrite your story? And I had to think, you know, how do you explain separating energies? I've talked about giving energies back, talked about that before. If somebody dumps something on you, they're really angry and they put it on you. And if you've dealt with your anger, you would bounce their anger right back at them and say something to yourself like, wow, they're really nuts or they're really nuts today. Or, you know what, they're not in a good mood. I'm not even going to try. I need to go away and let them, let them calm down. If you didn't deal with your anger, you would start shouting back. You would start screaming with the same intensity or more back. You would feel like your head was going to pop off while you were screaming, but you would need to do that. So you would exchange the energy with the anger that that person gave you. But the best way to think about separating energy is how did you feel when you walked in the room And how did you feel when you walked out of the room after having a discussion with someone? Well, anger is an easy one because we could always say, well, they were just really mad. They were really, really mad or they were really angry. They didn't want to solve their problem. They just wanted to scream. Or you come out and your heart is racing. You're not even saying anything. Your heart is racing. Your mind is racing. You wished you would have said a million things and and you can't remember now, you know, how you didn't. That's when you can give them back their energy and say, wow, I want to leave with what I walked in with. Whatever just happened there didn't even have anything to do with me, ultimately. But Past the obvious like that is what I want to talk about today. Understanding emotional freedom. 
And I realized a lot of people didn't want it yet because there's something really weird that happens when you start experiencing emotional freedom. You start to feel, before you filled in that space, a lot of empty space. You're almost like, oh, geez, who am I? I don't feel anything, and I feel weird. Like, I don't actually have a problem right now, and how do I deal with that? And what does separating energy have to do with all of that? I've been very cautious to talk about energy, just saying the word energy, because then people are like, okay, there we go. But even the most far away people from ever thinking about spirituality or they don't believe in God or whatever it is that they're pushing to stand up for when it comes to not acknowledging certain things about God or about life or about people, whether they're really religious on one end or really atheist on the other. They've all said the same things to me. They've said to me, there's something about your energy. And they don't know me. But just like we pick up people's vibes, I want to say vibration or their their energy, when they're upset and negative, we also accept very strong, positive energy. And for whatever reason, people are able to source it. And before I know it, they're talking to me. So there's something inside of us, and that's why I wanted to do the show, because we're always looking at what we want to get rid of, somebody's angry, somebody's mad. Like I said, those are the easy ones. Because you can see it. It's right in front of you. But what if somewhere in you, you made a decision to look for that good energy in people? I know that we all want to meet people that are positive or happy, but what does someone who is positive do? They don't walk around and just give you, you know, these pan, easy, quick, you know, answers all day. It's how they look at the world. And when they look at the world like it's a functional place, They will look at you like you are a functional person. And I'm using the word functional for a reason. Because we, a lot of times, start a day. We want to do a lot of things. And we put off the hardest things. And we think, you know what? I just don't want to deal with that today. I will do it tomorrow. But when you're around people who believe you are functional, You can separate that energy from yourself and say, wow, I didn't feel that before I met this person. But they did it 
So I know that I could do it. Think about that. That's why we love stories of the underdogs, why people made it, how people made it. We want to know because we understand that that's their energy and we want to grow to it. We want to do it too. We want to try too. We want to, you know, create music too. We want to paint too. We want to write too. We want to help others as well. So if you could see that separation and you do leave feeling better, but you don't leave feeling better because you're taking on their energy. You're responding to it. So when there's something that's negative, it sneaks in and we take it on. And that's the difference. But if you can see how you do it on the positive side, then on the negative side, when you see something negative, And you also know that's not yours, but you don't aspire to be that. That's the one way you can actually look at it and say, oh, wow, that's like when something positive is around me and I want to be better. I can choose not to be feeling worse leaving here because this person just stood and talked to me about everybody else. And how bad they were. How everybody's wrong with them. And then I leave feeling like, oh, I can't breathe. And the reason you can't breathe is they didn't breathe. They were talking, talking, talking. And what were you going to do with all that? What did they think you were going to do with all that? And why did they tell you all of that? And why did they need to? So one way separate those energies. We are all old enough now to know and to see when someone's taking us down that road. If someone's taking us, you know, here you are, you're in a gathering and someone corners you and they're telling you all this crazy stuff, how this happened and then that happened and then that happened and oh my gosh, feel sorry for me. Take care of me. Well, I know you can't, but you know, Let me validate to myself through you that I'm a victim. And it goes on and on and on. You can learn to say that you have to go. Because you can see that that energy isn't yours. But you also understand that it will affect you. And the way to separate it is to walk away from it. Now, it's not to say if somebody actually has a problem, you just leave them hanging. A lot of times it starts with people that we don't know that well. And I remember clearly, even though I didn't know I was separating energies yet, I went to a party years ago. And it was like when I was doing the book club for Origins of Truth. And, and, you know, unfortunately, a lot of the people that were alive at that time are gone now. And I miss them because they were beautiful people. And we all used to meet every week, and we um, went to someone's house, 
and he was like a columnist for the Time Magazine for years. And, you know, Time Magazine before the Internet was huge because we only had so many sources of news. And we didn't have a clicker and just go from one page to another and everything is in two seconds. You had to actually buy the magazine, read the magazine, and people knew who you were because there weren't that many people to know. And he, you know, was already retired by then and had done it for 30 years. And he was a traveler. And he had a son who was living in one of the Asian countries. I think it was Vietnam. And... I heard when I got to the party that, oh, his son came back from Vietnam. He tried to kill himself there, and they flew him back, like, that morning. And so I walk in the house, and I see one of our most compassionate people in the group talking to him, and I see him telling the story. And when I looked over, all I thought was, I don't need to go near him all night. And I don't know why I thought that. It was just this instinct. And I didn't know why. And I didn't feel good or bad about it. I just knew I wanted to stay away. And I managed to stay away all night. And by then... He'd been through just about everybody there, everyone feeling sorry for him, telling him how sad they feel for him, offering help and time to him, all these things. At the end of the night, I'm in the kitchen doing dishes. That's usually a great spot if you want to avoid a situation because most people don't want to go in the kitchen or work. So what happened? He was in the kitchen, standing there. By then I'd heard that he was um, going to hurt himself. Now he's telling me. Now it's become his story. And it's because the girlfriend broke up with him. So now I knew he didn't have good coping skills. And he couldn't transition from what he wanted in life to what's actually going on easily. So he wanted to end it all to make that pain go away because he did not want to face it. So all of that, I just know it in my head. So I can see it coming. I can see the energy just floating in the air, waiting for me to say yes or no to it. So, Then his father comes up to me and whispers in my ear, I really would like you to talk to my son. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I'll never leave tonight. I will never leave. And then something in my head said, oh, you could leave. You don't have to talk about this tonight. You can talk to him tomorrow if you want. So then the guy just starts talking to me as though his father, you know, he didn't know his father came in my ear, but as though his father just left the room and the queue was open. So I said, I heard you were going to take your life. Yes, I was. And then something in me, and I never thought of taking your life the same ever again. I said to him, you know, you can only do that once. 
You cannot change your mind once you've done it. And he looked at me. Just looked at me. Like, oh, my God. Like, it woke him up. Because he was living in the sob story and everybody else was perpetuating it. And I was just like, matter of fact. But what I loved was what came out of my mouth right after that. Suicides come back. And he didn't think of it as a suicide. He thought of it as killing himself. And I know that sounds weird. But mentally, in your mind, there's a huge gap. But now, I wasn't responding to the energy. I was speaking to it. And responding is different. I would have been doing what everyone else did all night, feeling sorry for him, feeling bad for him, wanting to help him. But that wasn't helping him. That was just perpetuating the issue. But when you talk to that energy, like, What were you thinking? Why were you thinking it? That isn't going to serve you well because you're going to have to come back when anybody who kills themselves, and this is something I saw with Christ. It's like you broke your own contract with yourself and you come back and you start at the beginning. You're born again. And you have to do this all over again, and you're going to hit that same point. And hopefully this time you'll, you'll not run away from it. You'll face it. And if you face it, you can continue your lessons until you go back home. I never, ever thought about suicide until that night. Because I've never met anyone, like, physically, face-to-face, right after they tried to do something like that to themselves. And a lot of times, I found out people want to kill themselves because they want to punish the people around them. And sometimes the despair is so high that they just can't take it or face their issues, and then they take their life. And I say to everybody, because you know, there were times when I was a teenager and I used to think, oh, I just want to end it all. But I never got that far because the feeling wasn't so deep that it overwhelmed me. But I have to say, it's so serious in our minds when we don't talk about it. If you just call one person, if you have no one to call, talk to God out loud so you can hear yourself. Because the ego can get in there and really sell you an argument of why you should hurt yourself. But in your own mind, if you can talk out loud, Because sometimes I talk in my mind, like, I don't want him to talk to me. I don't want to play this charade. I don't want to go through this. Okay, I don't have to do this tonight. I could come back tomorrow if I want. I was giving myself ways to separate my energy from his because I was scared to be taken over by him without even knowing I was trying to separate energy. 
wasn't that I didn't want to help him, but I wasn't so sure he wanted to be helped. But look what happened when I said to him, you know you could only do that once. You know suicides have to come back. And I know that for sure. And I'm so sure of myself that he believed me. You know what happened? He didn't need to tell me the details. What he did ask me to do, he asked me to hug me. He asked me if he could hug me. And I said, of course you can. So he stood in the kitchen and he was just hugging me. And he said to me, I love feeling your energy. So he understood something. He understood that he just had to see something just a little stronger than what he was feeling so that he could rise. And when he did that, I knew he wanted to be better. The sob story, the feeling sorry, all went away in those moments. Because someone just said, you can do better. Come on. It wasn't that I didn't feel sorry for him. We've all been in that place where we've thought it through. I'll show them. Oh, they'll come and find me dead. But then that means I actually have to kill myself. And I, I didn't even know how or why I would really go that far. Well, he had the same feelings too. It's just that everybody found out about it. Lucky for him. Because here I was, probably the one person in the whole place who didn't want to go near him. Because I just, everywhere I go, my whole night ends up being that. And I wanted to enjoy the people there instead of getting stuck in a corner. And I knew he'd be okay. Everybody was talking to him. And I didn't even know why I didn't want to go near him. But at the end of the night, I did know why. He had to go through everybody there and get mounds of sympathy and he was just taking in their energy because he felt like he was someone. He had a story, even though the story was so hard to hear. He had an identity. He was the guy who everyone's paying attention to tonight. And it fed him in one way, but he needed a push after that. He received the love, the energy from everyone. But it wasn't strong enough for him to be able to separate it and grow from it. He just kind of went under it, in it. That's the difference between separating and it being a part of you. So what happened was when he finally got to me, I did look at him as a separate energy. I didn't feel sorry for him like that kind, like a helpless that. I, I just knew that he needs to know that if he ever comes to the point where he wants to try this again because this is his out, he's going to have to come back and do this all over again. And who wants to do that? 
But this was the best example to show the difference between taking on, it's an extreme one, but then you can do it with anything easier. Like if you see somebody who's really negative, you can say, wow, you know, what got you to this solution? Because then you can separate yourself from it instead of saying, wow, you know, I know how you feel. That really sucks. A lot of things in life are going to suck. But a lot of things in life are going to be really good, too. And if we don't think like that, we're going to stay in the suck part. Or we're going to be way over the top and stay in the part where we're unrealistic about how good things are. But having a balance, just knowing that, you know, you can choose what energy you want to suck in and what energy you don't. But the biggest thing I learned was that people who don't even know what energy is get attracted to energy that has cleared itself. It's just the soul who faced who they are. It doesn't mean you've solved the world's problems at all. It just means that you can face who you are. And because you can, other people can face you because your energy speaks for you. And it says, oh, you know what? I'm a person who understands myself. I'm a person who gets where I'm coming from. So they believe that you will get where they're coming from and they're right. You will. Because anytime we do the work, we can see the work. If you do it in you, you can see it in other people. If you don't do it in you, you can share anger. You can share despair. You can share sadness. You can share fear. But when you face yourself, even though you didn't solve the world's problems, which we can't, it's not in our hands. But if we know what we can solve and what we can't, that balance gives people a sense of balance around you and they know you will be straight with them. That boy, his name was David. It's still David. I did go see the next day because I realized he really wanted to grow. And I am there when I know someone can receive me, can hear me. And we went for long walks. I didn't want to just sit there. I couldn't. But we went for long walks and we talked and he told me the whole story. And when I told him that it was his coping mechanisms that wanted him to leave, it was just, he didn't know how to break it down. So he saw it as a whole lump that his girlfriend broke up with him and he just wanted to end it all and show her that how much this hurt. But worse was he wanted her to feel guilty. And carry that for the rest of her life. Said, would you want someone to do something that made you feel bad for the rest of your life? Well, no. He said, well, why would you dump that on someone else? Think about that. So we got to talk about it like it was not normal, but like it was something we could talk about. All the different aspects of what happens when we pull something like that off and leave it for someone to find us. And sometimes without even a note. 
and it took a very scary subject like suicide and it gave it like I want to say some kind of foundation of thought to where we can take ourselves into saying is that really my my best thing I can do he went on to get his master's degree he went on to another relationship he went on to getting married his parents moved up to northern California the whole world is moving forward but I love how Christ worked and how for some reason I pulled myself away from him all night trying to avoid him but there was a reason for that and I didn't know why in the beginning but I understood why in the end as usual everything happens the way it needs to happen for any of us to understand why we're doing what we're doing So just like we can meet people who can start taking things down, we can gravitate towards people who start building them up. And when we know the difference, we can say, that's how they feel. That's not how I feel. Do I want to stay here or not? And when you can say that to yourself, you are aware enough to know what's yours and what isn't. And that is where you have the emotional freedom. You guys, the time is up already. Have a great Monday. I will see you tomorrow. I can't wait. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.